0: We have shifted our investments to ensure that we don't get into a liquidity crisis that we can't get out of, so that was important. We've shifted our investments, everything focused on our, our D2C business and growing that.
1: Hi, I'm Lauren Stiving and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. COVID-19 has been a huge disruption for a lot of businesses and required a different approach to business and leadership. Today, we've invited Shannon Curtin, a veteran within the retail and consumer goods industry, to discuss with us how her and her team have managed through these tough times and why she believes they will be even stronger in the future. Shannon has worked for Fortune 500 companies such as Walmart, Walgreens, Coty, and she's currently the CEO of New World Natural Brands. Thank you for joining me today, Shannon.
0: Thanks for having me, Lauren.
1: Yes, so we're going to take a deep dive into COVID-19 and where we are today, but if you can just give me a bit of background on where you and the company were before COVID-19.
0: Sure. Well, actually, we turned two years old during COVID, so we were and still very much are a startup company. We have five independent companies on paper. However, in reality, we behave as one unit, as one company working cross-functionally because there's only 18 of us that manages five companies. And there's still 18 of us that manage five companies. So nimble, agile working was prior to -hmm. COVID. And now we've have a very strong flexibility muscle that we've acquired and that we're not going to forget that muscle. I think that's very important going forward is what we've learned during this pandemic, what it means to humans and what it means to business.
1: And how were you working, were you working virtually with them previously or did you was everyone in the office?
0: Everyone was in the office for the most part. We have one company that's out of Texas, but the rest of the companies are combined in our Chicago location, which is one of the busiest places in Chicago, right over our union station and in our WeWork space. So it was the ultimate combination of having commerce and community together. And we enjoyed our space. We love being together, a highly productive team. We're in the office every day. And then the week of March 13th, I announced to the team that we were going to start a work from home policy starting that following Monday, which is the week of the 15th, the 16th, Mm -hmm. 17th, 18th. You know, that week that's ingrained in all our minds here in the States because that was such a difficult week to watch. What was happening right before our eyes on a human level and on yeah. a business level? I keep mm-hmm. keep saying that because both of those are really important to the story on how this shapes and changes us for our lifetime. We started the work from home program that Friday. I said, "Look, we're this is starting to make me nervous." Then our governor announced that we were going to do some stay at home, and it, I made that a much more expansive. And we're still working from home here in May and we'll continue to have a very flexible work environment. And our space will change as a result of that come this fall.
1: It's very interesting for me to analyze this as well and having, you know, speaking with large companies, very small companies, mid-sized companies, all different sizes. Why do you think before COVID-19, why wasn't it flexible or what was the motivation behind the office base? Was it just because everyone came from a corporate environment and that's just what was normal or was that ever questioned before?
0: So here's something that I learned out of this. I got my team involved in our decision making for our work from home policy going forward. So I sent out a survey to our entire team and said, tell me what you feel comfortable with once the shelter in place has been lifted. And what do you like about being, you know, working together? What makes you most productive? What What do you need from work? How can we make everything as accommodating as possible? Because there's so many unknowns and variables happening right now. I mean, this is new to everyone. It's a new virus. It's a new day. It's a new world that we live in. So I got the survey back from the team and the top two things were they loved to be social with one another, so they go to they went to the office to socialize, yeah, um, and collaborate. So it was great to see that they loved the collaboration part, and those were the two primary factors of why they enjoyed coming to the office every day. They liked each other and they liked working with each other, which is a great foundation, as you know. Then in the survey, I said how many days do you want to work together going forward? And There was a few people that said three, most people said two, and on a flexible arrangement when we feel comfortable, when we're ready to go back. So I took that information because the lease that we had signed with the WeWork space was one year, and that was ending in August, and so September, we're still going to be in a WeWork space, but a much smaller space, and we will have a hoteling system available that people can plug in if they want to go in, they can. If they want to go home, we've given them an allowance to build out their their office from home to make them feel comfortable. But the, the safety of our employees is paramount to productivity. So they were in that decision with us. They helped me make that decision. And so this feels like a real team effort. Prior to that, why wasn't there flexibility? I think it was just a part of our culture of coming together. This culture that we live in is even if you were sick, you came into the office at one point in our lives, right? And now that's just not helpful to anyone. It's not helpful to productivity. It's not a safe environment. It shouldn't be celebrated. And we have to be smart. We've learned a lot by having a new virus come to us, if we can increase our productivity and increase our safety and we increase their ability to choose what's right for them and give them, they have to follow all the guidelines. they wanna go into the office, I require them. And I will give it to them to have the face mask and the gloves and and to be there. And we need to know the time that they're going to be there so we don't have too many people in the office at the same time, we'll have it appropriately spaced out. Uh, But they have the flexibility to work where they feel safe and comfortable, and that, that was really important to them, and that's important to me, and I see that across all really big companies saying, we don't have to work the same way ever again, at least in the next 36 months, and we're going to give people the flexibility to work where they feel safe and most productive.
1: In your case, where you have, let's say, a smaller team, it's not that there are 200 people that, are, that need to be coordinated. In terms of that collaboration and making sure that that stays, how are you going to coordinate who works when? Is there going to be a type of calendar that they see, okay, or are people just going to email together and say, let's both go that day? From, like, let's say, a planning perspective, how do you think that will work out?
0: Yeah, so what we've been doing, we meet together as a group twice a week already during this, and that's been our our drumbeat. So we have a sales meeting every Tuesday that the whole entire organization attends virtually, and then we have a Friday cultural meeting for 30 minutes to 45 minutes every Friday that everyone attends because it's a lot of fun. Okay. (laughs) So um, in the meantime, the... The drumbeat that we established pre COVID still exists. It just exists in a virtual way. So we had, we take everything on a Zoom meeting. We do, if it's going to be more than two people, we have Zoom. If we have one on ones, we can do FaceTime or people just get tired of doing FaceTime and Zoom and it's just a one on one, they can do a telephone call, that's totally and absolutely perfectly fine. And this is what works for us. Now, if we were 10 times the size, say getting up to that 200 people, we would have to think through, are we communicating enough where we're not having any breakdowns? That's really important. The beauty of having a small company is that you can identify breakdowns immediately and you can work through those. In bigger mm-hmm. companies a lot gets lost if you're not doing daily communication on here's our plan, this is what we're doing, this is how we're moving forward in written form, in verbal form, in ways that bring the groups together to communicate a message because right now that is our our one Human superpower is the ability to communicate with each other very quickly, and that we mm-hmm. have to amplify it and, and magnify that right now more than ever because there are so many unknowns and the business changes. Well, in March it changed every day, but now it changes um, less frequently than it did in March. Uh, but there's still changes that happen every week to the business. Those are really important. The bigger that you get, the more communication and the more frequent the communication is necessary. What do you
1: feel you've really learned? I mean, what are some of the highlights of your learnings during this time?
0: Well, that amplification of my superpowers. My superpower is asking questions. I ask a lot of them, and I ask them frequently. I didn't know the answer to what what should we do when the ban is lifted. I didn't want to answer that question by myself that's where the survey was born and the team just thanked me for getting their insight into this decision so they could be part of the decision with us and in reaching out. And again, because we have a small team, I have the ability to reach out and ask those questions. How are you doing? What do you need? How is your family? What can we do to help you? Our cultural meetings that we have on Friday, are a way for also us to communicate about life, find joy, share sadness, and be there for one another. And that's what's working for us, is asking the questions, being there, listening. <laughs> I was part of an organization that, in the past, that sometimes listening wasn't the superpower of the organization. And this is where we can all take a fresh start to our leadership journey, because we're all starting at the same place. This is all new for everyone. No one is in a different position as far as we're all learning our way through this together and listening to one another and helping one another. In our business, we focus on consumer. It's the same. What consumer, what do you need? What do you want? So we listen through our search functions, seeing what, what people are searching for on Amazon, seeing what people are searching for on Google, what questions are being asked right now, and what we can do to solve those problems. That actually gives us a lot of strength as as an organization As when we review that, we'll say, okay, this is what people are asking for this week. This is what people are searching for this week. And what can we do to respond to that? Because if they're searching for this, they need help in this. And this is something that we can satisfy and something that we can help them with. And that's been a really positive focus for the team because they can put their attention on, taking care of others. That's what our industry is. The beauty industry is a deeply caring industry. We're high-touch, high-service, so we don't know how to give out medicine, but we, we give out our own way of, of taking care of other people, and that's what we do best. So that made the team feel really great is even getting that information in their hands. It felt very empowering to them that they could start crafting stories and writing responses and writing their blogs based off what people are thinking and feeling that we serve.
1: Yeah, what trends do you think will come out of this that will affect your, your business directly?
0: For us, we're very fortunate that the natural industry continues to be important to people and clean formulas continue to be important. I think what we were surprised by is that as our country and across the world, the continuous education of hygiene habits, and instilling those into consumers at a very early age to practice good behavior. When you go to a new place, wash your hands. When you come home, wash your hands. When you shake another, we're not shaking people's hands, but if you were shaking people's hands, make sure that you have hand sanitizer. (laughs) That is going to be a behavior that we have to keep practicing over and over again. And this is really interesting. So the most effective way to wash your hands is using bar soap, soap and water, right? So bar soap's the most effective. Hand washes equally, almost as effective as a bar soap. Hand sanitizer is great in a pinch, right? It's not as effective as using soap and water. And so over the course of the last 15 years, the switch has been into liquid soaps, but now we're starting to see a resurgence of bar soap and getting back into the bar soap business, especially for home use, for hand mm-hmm. use, antibacterial bars, et cetera. So you'll see more specialty bars coming out. I'm I'm sure of the higher and more premium bars coming out, as well as more multi-purpose washes that you can have over your home. So you have Every sink is going to have a wash, we hope, and a bar soap (laughs) and sanitizer in every car. And for us, it's important that there are clean formulas, that they have green manufacturing processes that when someone goes to recycle it, they can, and it doesn't end up in the oil or the ocean. So that trifecta of clean, green, and blue practices still go into the way that we create our products Mm -hmm. and whatever... Trifecta, another company has goes into their products and at the end of the day the consumer says what's right for me and what I'm looking for and a lot of people still choose products that are, are free from some of the harsh chemicals that are out there and they know that they're equally effective but they just need it because of their skin type they may have a certain skin condition that, uh, or they're going through a certain treatment that they can't use certain ingredients so that's important for us to continue to bring these items forward in a very innovative way.
1: And for your business specifically, uh, why do you think your business will come out of this successfully?
0: That's the very first part, is that you have to believe it. And I believe that we can. And we'll be better because of it. We have shifted our investments to ensure that we don't get into a liquidity crisis that we can't get out of. So That was important. We've shifted our investments. Everything focused on our, our D2C business and growing that. The majority of our brands are born on D2C. That really helped from the get-go. We were in the process of updating and revamping all our user experiences on our websites and doing some things that we were going to do over time, and we reduced that time very quickly to now. That's important. If we end up in the situation where 80% of our doors close again, we have a very healthy store called our own. Mm-hmm. That's really important, and that's important to any business at this point. It's very wonderful to have distribution in retail stores. You get you get to be there on shelves, be there for consumers so they can have a higher experience. But if that's taken away again or it's modified, it's our job as the brand owners to ensure that the best user experience and the best brand experience they get is within our own store. So we're focused there and focused on the channels that are open, and that's all our e-commerce partners. And the doors that are open and making sure that we're working with our partners, that that they get what they need. And the doors that are closed, we're even working harder with the buyers. So they're ready to get a new way of interacting with customers out in the open, figure out how to do this. How do we grow our business again? It's very difficult for retailers to be closed as long as they have. Then and for them to start creating a safe environment for consumers to come into knowing that we can't touch anyone the way that we used to can't have testers like we used to Mm -hmm. so it's going to be a very transformational revolutionary period for the beauty industry right now new wonderful things will happen for the brands that embrace this moment that are very good at expense control on the things that are not necessary we don't need to travel right now we don't need to do things that we incur our own cost on (laughs) so we stop that right away and focusing everything back on consumer makes us think differently about where they are in their journey and how we can we can help them along the way
1: well shannon thank you so much for your input and for sharing your experience through these uncertain times the past months And um, yeah, I hope that our listeners have found this educational and motivational at the same time to know that they're not alone in this.
0: Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great afternoon. Stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and I wish you all the best.
1: Thank you. You
0: too.